Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Before we get started, I want to just share this. Uh, I heard this story real quick. There were two guys standing by the side of the road and they were arguing. There was a Japanese guy. Got any Japanese people in here? All right, all four, all right? My wife, me, I'm half. Um, it was a Japanese guy, and then the other guy was Mexican. Are there some Mexicans in here? Oh, oh, yeah, okay, okay. So, well, they were arguing. You say, what were they arguing about? Well, the Japanese guy was saying that God was Japanese. The Mexican guy was saying, no, 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 God is Mexican. So the Japanese guy, he got really mad. He said, no, God, Japanese. We get to heaven. God stand up, say, konnichiwa. He was really angry. And then the Mexican guy said, no, 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 no. Amigo. It's my, sorry, that's my best accent I got right there. He said, God is it's Mexican. We get to heaven. God will stand up and say, hola. Japanese guy said, no. Japanese, heaven has sushi, tempura, tonkatsu. Mexican guy, no, no, tacos, enchiladas. My favorite, lengua. Ooh. And so they're arguing back and forth. They don't realize they step into the road as they're arguing back and forth. And a truck comes and hits them and they die. When they open their eyes, they're in heaven lying on streets of gold. They look at each other. They don't say a word. They get up and they start running to the throne room of God. And they're racing to see who's right and who's wrong. And as they're running, they get around the corner and they enter the throne room. And God stands up on his throne and he goes, Aloha. All right, that's my little Hawaii joke. Sorry. Some of you weren't impressed by that. You're like, no, he's Mexican. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Um, we're from Hawaii, pastor church called Arise Church on the big island of Hawaii. We're, we're, we're just country folk. Uh, we're from the, the island with the mountains and the volcanoes. And uh, we, we got room for all the islands on our island and still there's space for more. My beautiful wife, Shinobu, is with me. We've been married for 23 years now. And I can honestly say it's been the best 23 years of Shinobu's life. And... Our youngest son is with us, Jaron. He's 17, and uh, we have two other kids, uh, one back home, another up in Seattle. Uh, but we're just so blessed to be with you. So thankful for Pastors Mike and Katie for allowing us to be here. Um, you know, I told the other service, my friend, one of my best friends is uh, Pastor Jared Ming, and he spoke here a couple weeks ago, and he just said he loved you guys. And uh, he goes, where are you speaking? I said, I don't know, but I was starting praying, God, I hope I go to the same place. I hope I go to, and I didn't know. And it was like three weeks later, I get a text and it said Eastlake. And I texted him right away. Where were you speaking? He said, Eastlake. And I said, yes. So I, I, I'm so excited. 
So excited to be with you. Your pastors, uh, Jurgen and Leanne, are absolutely gems. And Pastor Jurgen was with us in August, and he spoke, and he just blew our men away. But we came up for the Pathfinders Conference, and it was great having him with us, but I just loved seeing him in his world around all of you people. And I tell you, you have great godly leaders who aren't afraid to stand for the truth. Awaken Church, you are not a common church. This is an uncommon church because so many churches have given and bent, but your leaders are fearless, and I, they're an inspiration to me. And so, come on, can we thank the Lord for your pastors, your leaders, all of your leaders here? Yeah, come on. God bless you. You guys are amazing. And I was just thinking today, I wish I lived here. You know why? Because then I could vote for Pastor Marcos. I can't, but you can. So make sure you get out and vote. I know there's a couple of other people from the churches here. Get out and vote. Don't just clap. Go vote. Call people. Get them to vote. It's amazing, you know, it's amazing. We take for granted, oh, no, they know who to vote for. No, they don't. Let them know. Let them know. Well, Pastor Jurgen, when I said, hey, Pastor, what would you like me to speak on? I, I never had a pastor tell me this before. You know, he goes, right around election season, I want you to go for it. Okay, all right. So, um I was praying on what to, to speak on, and I was actually speaking this message at our church a couple of weeks ago, not even thinking this would be the message. But when I was done, I said, this is the one I'm going to share um, at Awaken Church today. And um, in, I, I start with this. In 2021, in 2021, do you know that identity theft cost Americans $56 billion? $56 billion. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money stolen without getting a gun pointed in your face or being taken hostage. $56 billion. In fact, anyone here ever had your identity stolen? Just raise your hand real quick. You look around, you see it happens. And there are people in the world that every day they wake up with one thought, how can I steal another identity? That's their goal. And they're out there doing tricks and making fake emails and fake phone calls and, you know, doing all these things, trying to steal your identity, your money, your finances and the turmoil and really the burden that it puts on people. It's, it's a heavy burden trying to figure those things out and make it right. You see, the message today is simply in call, uh, entitled Identity Theft. Identity Theft. It happens in the world every day people's identities are being stolen. Do you know that God, God gave everything he created an identity. He even gave the devil an identity. Lucifer, think about that. He was an angel. You hear, you know, some people say just in modern terms, he was, he was the worship leader, they would say, in heaven. He had an identity, an angel in heaven. But what did he do? He rejected God's identity. And he took on an identity of his own. You know what I realized is that in our life here living on earth, that the devil is trying to get us to do the same. He would love for every single one of us to reject our identity, to take a 
different identity. And every day you wake up, the devil's trying to figure out how to hijack your identity, how to hijack your God identity. We see it even in the world that we live in, the confusion and identity. Isn't that right? People don't really know who they are. Who would have imagined, you know, 10 years ago, if someone told you this 10 years ago, you would just laugh and say, you're, you're just dumb. If they would have said, hey, guess what? In 10 years, the hardest question for people to answer will be, what is a woman? Oh my gosh, you're crazy. You're crazy. And I remember... When I first started hearing about, you know, you would hear, well, this man says he's a woman. I, honestly, I laughed at it. I'm like, well, that's, that's good. Oh, that, that's going to age. Common sense will prevail. That can't last forever. Who's going to believe that? And we just kind of cruised and ignored it, thinking it would go away. And today we're in the mess we're in today. I'm reading a, a phenomenal book entitled A Letter to the American Church. Incredible book. If you've never read it, I suggest you do. But basically parallels the rise of Nazi Germany and the silence of the church. And how the author is beginning to see the parallels today. And I just think even on that shame on the American church when this agenda began to rise... Let me tell you what, what I realized. You know, this message, first when I shared it to my church, was just going to be about our God identity. But what I felt the Holy Spirit say is that the church over the last couple of years has lost its identity. That we're supposed to be the voice of truth. The, 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 um, think about this. Who would have thought that common sense is now a political stance? Common sense is hateful words now. I read this, it says, truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. And that's kind of the world that we're in. But God has given the church a voice. It doesn't matter that we have a tax-exempt status and they say, no, you can't talk about it. No, we have a voice. And we need to speak the truth. We have a Supreme Court justice on the bench right now that can't answer, what is a woman? You're like, wow, it's the world that we're in. You can call me old-fashioned, but I just think that boys should play boy sports. Girls should play girl sports. I, I, don't, I don't think people should be getting injured because a failed male athlete now wants to try and dominate. Isn't that true? And the party who says they champion women's rights, now all of us, it's just when it's convenient. And, and you, look at, you look at where, where are we going? Where are we going? Politicians, I read about a Democrat, Elizabeth Guzman, trying to pass a law in their state that would make it a crime for a parent to question a, their own child's sexual identity. Again, are these things that we just let go or do we... No, no, they're, they're trying to regulate in our homes. I'm not cool with that. And you say, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe you're visiting like, who's this guy right now? It's going to... Politics and faith. A lot of pastors don't talk about politics. 
What, what I love in that book I was reading, the author Eric Metastas says, how can we separate politics from our faith? How can we separate the two? It's the fabric of, for some, we, we say, Lord, we, we want a revival. We want to impact our community. We want to impact our world. But we just think, well, we'll just stay in the four walls. No, we got to get out there. You got to vote. You got to support people that have biblical values. Amen. Let your voice be heard because there are people out there that have an agenda. People that don't have a problem cutting off the breast of young girls and the genitals of young boys and say that if you say anything against it, you're full of hate. No. We got to take a stand to protect our kids. It's the, the identity of the church. Come on, we're supposed to be the salt, the light. And that's what I love about Pastor Jurgen, Pastor Leanne. They've led your church so well. And I know that you're here because you love truth. You're here because you believe in the word of God. And, and here's the thing. We're not here because we hate. We, we're here because we love people and we want to see the best for people. We realize it's that God, their God-given identity. So important today. So I can't encourage you enough. Get to the table, find out, vote, get your ballots and let your voice be heard. Remember, ultimately, we don't serve the elephant. We don't serve the donkey. We serve the lamb. Amen. And we're going to vote those kingdom values in Jesus' name. Kingdom values. So awesome. This story I read, it said that there was a railroad track behind our small church. And each Sunday, we would hear the whistle from a distance and the clacking of the wheels over the track. You say, where was this church? This was in Germany. This is when the Nazis were ruling. And this German parishioner says, we became so disturbed one Sunday when we noticed cries from the train as it passed by. We grimly realized that the train was carrying Jews. They were like cattle in those cars. Week after week, that train whistle would blow. We would dread to hear the sound of these wheels because we knew that the Jews would begin to cry out to us as they passed by our church. It was so terribly disturbing. We could do nothing to help these poor miserable people, yet their screams tormented us. We knew exactly what time the whistle would blow and we decided the only way to keep from being so disturbed by the cries was to start singing our hymns by the time the train came rumbling by the churchyard we were singing at the top of our voices if some of the screams reach our ears we just sing a little louder until we could hear them no more years have passed and no one talks about it much no more but I still hear that train whistle in my sleep I can still hear them crying out for help God forgive all of us who call ourselves Christians, yet did nothing to intervene. My question to us, are we going to just sing a little louder while the world goes to hell? Or are we going to stand up for what's right? Come on. We need to be courageous in these days. Amen. We're not just going to worship a little. We're going to get active in Jesus' name. Don't let the church... Lose the identity that God has given to us. You ever wonder why the devil hates you so much? I'll tell you why. When he looks at you, do you know that he sees the resemblance of God in you? That's why he hates you so much. He sees a resemblance of God. 
In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, what, what did God say? He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I told the first service, you know that God really is the only they, them. Okay, I'm just throwing that in there right now. <laughs> the three in one in case you didn't get it. Okay, anyways, anyways. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created man and woman. Look what he did. He created him in his own image. The image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. He created Adam and Eve, and it was beautiful. There was no sin. You know that sin is what separates us from God? He created them, and they had, you could just say, communion with God. They had fellowship with God. They, they, were, they were on the same page with God. It must have been incredible because they were created in his image, and they were created in his likeness. But then what happens? There's the tree of knowledge, good and evil, Imagine how many trees must have been in the Garden of Eden. Think about that, right? Thousands, thousands of fruits, more than enough. One tree, God says, don't touch that tree. That's my tree. What tree do they touch? Ninety percent is for you. Ten percent, don't touch mine. Why are we always trying to eat God's fruit, right? But that's a whole nother message. Anyways, um, don't touch this one tree. What did Satan do? The serpent came and the serpent goes to Eve and deceives Eve and says, look, God doesn't want to eat, want you to eat this fruit because if you eat this fruit, you're going to become like him. Your eyes are going to be opened and, and, and then everything is going to be better. But when we jump back to the other verse, Look at this again, what we, we, we just read. They were made in God's image. Okay, so they were made in God's image. Very good. And they were made in God's And the devil said, eat this fruit and you'll become like God. But yet when God created them, they were made in God's And they were made in his the devil said, eat the fruit, you'll become like God. God created them in his, and they were made in his. So what was the devil doing? The devil was lying to Adam and Eve. The devil was lying to them about their identity. They were already like God. He said, look, if you eat this fruit, you'll become like God. They were already like God. They were created in his image. They were created in his likeness. But the devil convinced them otherwise about their identity, and they ate the fruit. But rather becoming like God, they were separated from God. They already had everything that they would have ever needed, but sin now came in because of their disobedience and it separated them. The very thing that they thought would complete them in their identity really destroyed their identity. You know, the things that the devil wants to get us to get into. Come on, you, you know, it might be drugs. It might, it might've been sex. It could be the pursuit of money. All of these things that we're convinced if we get this, then my identity will be complete. Let me tell you, we find our identity in Christ Jesus, in God. Nothing 
in this world will ever be able to complete us. I think nothing really is ever enough. Only he's enough. Only he's enough. What's interesting is after sin enters into the race, you see that Adam now has a son that's in his own likeness and after his image. How things changed. You know, Jesus, when Jesus was baptized, he comes out of the water and then a voice from heaven. If you remember reading this, a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. I don't know if that's how God sounds, but (laughs) my throat's a little funky today. So that's how God sounds right now. So this, this is my beloved son. He audibly says it. What what was he doing? He was affirming the identity of Jesus. This is my son. Side note, mom and dad, grandparents, you need to affirm the identity of your children. Speak into your children's life. Call out who they are. Because if you don't do it, some whack teacher might start doing it and planting seeds in their life. You got to speak truth into their life. God the Father affirmed the Son. He said, this is my Son. I'm well pleased in him. Isn't that awesome? Before Jesus even did a miracle, God's like, I'm pleased in him. You know, God's pleased in you today. That's why I didn't do much in my life. He's pleased. He loves you. You have an identity. God affirms who he is, who Jesus Christ is. And what's the next story that you read? Jesus goes into the wilderness. He fasts. And then the devil shows up. And then the devil says, if you are the son of God. If you are. God just said, this is my, God said, this is my son. The devil heard God say, this is my son. Satan comes and goes, well, if you are the son of God, he's questioning who he is. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you are the son of God, jump off of this building, jump off the tower. If You are the son of God. Isn't it interesting how many times in our life we can experience such an amazing high? You experience the miracle. I mean, you you can walk out of church and it's like you're on cloud nine and everything is working good. And then like one hour later, you're wondering, I don't know if God really does love me. Am I really good enough? Am I really good enough? Could he really, what do you, did he really, Forgive me. Oh, man, I need to ask for forgiveness. I'll ask for forgiveness again. I'll ask for forgiveness. It's funny how we can take that sin nature. I'm just reminded of this real quick. I'm going to run out of time, but real quick. I I tell you, this changed my life when I realized how much God loved me. Where I I, I was at a place before when I do something, and you ever done this where it's like, you're like, God, forgive me, forgive me, please forgive me, forgive me, I'm forgiven. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, but God, for real, just please forgive me. God, I hope you can forgive me. Please forgive me. And then it'd be like an hour later, and then you start feeling, oh my God, I don't know if you, God, for real, I'll never do it again. Oh God, just please, please, please forgive. You ever been in that place? 
You know what I realized? And here we're in thanks, we're, it's Thanksgiving this month, right? Do you know that an attitude of gratitude, how it'll change your life? You know what I began to change in mind was not God, please forgive me. It was simply, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. Because when he died on the cross, he took my sin of the past. He took the sin of the future. And every time I feel that condemnation coming in, I just needed to remind myself, thank you for what you've already done. Thank you. I don't know. Somebody might have needed to hear that. I just don't go to please. Just go to thank you. The devil said, if you are the son of God, what did Jesus say? He didn't say, well, my Twitter bio says son of God. He didn't say, well, I think I'm the son. of." No, no, no. Jesus said, it is written. What affirms our identity? The word of God. Because at times we're going to feel like junk. At times we're, we're going to feel like we ain't worth much. Jesus went right to the word of God. He said, it is written. I tell you, church, I believe that we don't read the Bible enough. If you're not reading your Bible every day, you better start reading your Bible every day. Open it up. Get into the word of God because you're going to find what is written about you. You'll find God's truth about you. You'll begin to discover who you really are in Christ. Jesus went to the word of God. It's written. In other words, he said, this is the truth. This is truth. God today is pleased with you. The devil would love to, for us to look through the guilt of our past, but I tell you, we can look faith forward in our life today. Believing God for greater things. The devil would love to clothe us in shame and guilt. And maybe some of you here today, you've allowed him to steal your identity. You woke up this morning, looked in the mirror, just remembering, I'm, I'm just horrible. I'm worthless. I'm ugly. I'm a mistake. God would never love me. I'm guilty. I should just kill myself. My life doesn't have any purpose. I tell you, that's letting the devil steal who you are. 2 Corinthians 5.17, look what it says. This means that anyone, everybody say anyone. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Who wrote that? Paul, who was Saul, who used to persecute, overseeing the murder of Christians. He understood that he did some bad stuff back in the day. In fact, in 1 Timothy, he says, I'm the worst sinner of them all. And yet he said, look, the old is gone in Christ. It's new. And you know, today, you have a new identity in Christ Jesus it's not that we forget what we've done, but we pick up the new identity and we begin to look forward in life. 
And you might be here this morning. You say, who am I in Christ? Thank you for asking. I want to tell you what the Bible says. Psalms 139. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Deuteronomy 28. I am the head and I'm not the tail. I am blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. Everything I put my hand to is blessed. Second Corinthians says, I am the righteousness of God. Ephesians chapter one says that my sins are forgiven. First John chapter three, I am a child of God. John 15, he chose me. Galatians chapter four, I am an heir of God. First Corinthians says that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. John 15, I am a friend of God. Romans chapter 8, all things work together for the good in my life. Romans 8, I'm more than a conqueror. Philippians 4, my God provides for my every need. 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm God's chosen treasure. Mark 16, I can do the miraculous. Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ. Colossians chapter 3, I am loved by God. That's your identity. I don't know, some people are trying to write it. They were so gracious to get those, those uh, orange pieces of paper. You got all the verses right there. Start your day off with that. Just remind yourself who you are. Remind yourself. God has given you an identity. As we close, I heard this amazing quote by a brilliant man. Maybe you heard of him, Pastor Jurgen. I was watching his message a couple weeks ago and he said this, you have to know whose you are before you can know who you are. One more time, you have to know whose you are before you know who you are. You know, if you wanna discover your God-given identity, the first thing you need to do is surrender your life to Jesus. I know in this world that we live in with all of this identity confusion, all this, all these things that are just going on, and you have people that will say, you know what, I was, I was born this way. I was, I was born with this attraction, or I was born with this addiction, or I was born with this problem. And you know, me growing up in church, you know, I've been in church my whole life. People say, no, you were born. You know, and people would get all, you know, I've come to change my thinking on that now. If anybody were to tell me that, I would say, yes, 100%, you were born that way. That's why you need to be born again. I needed to be born again. I was born in sin. I need to be born again. And you know, today, this can be a fresh start in every one of your lives, receiving Jesus into your heart, whose you are before you know who you are to be a part of this new family in Christ. You don't go to heaven because you come to church or given an offering or do more good than bad. You go because you accept the fact that Jesus died on the cross for you and because of his mercy and his grace, he paid a price that you and I could never pay. You know, if that's you here today, maybe you've never surrendered your life to the Lord, but you just feel a tugging on your heart. You say, man, there's, I just feel something. I wanna say, that's the Holy Spirit. 
He can tug on your heart, but it's up to you whether or not you want to surrender. And my prayer today is that you simply surrender. I want to lead you through just this short prayer, short prayer that aligns with the decision you're making in your heart right now. Can we all close our eyes? Between you and the Lord, can we all say this together? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to the cross. I believe Jesus died for me. I also believe that he rose from the dead. He's alive in me right now. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.